Merry Christmas. Woo, hot, that's a hot mic. Hey, welcome to the bridge and welcome to our Christmas Eve service. Uh, if you haven't had a Christmas Eve service with us, this might be a little different than what you've done before because it's tradition for us that each person that attends stands up on the stage and either sings a song, <laughs> dances a dance, or I'm just kidding, juggles. or juggles, there juggles Christmas cookies. Uh, no, what we're going to do is we're just going to have for about the next hour um, a time of retelling sort of the Christmas, the historical Christmas account in its entirety and intermixing some songs. So it's not like a traditional Sunday where we sing at the beginning and then I preach for a bit and then we're done. So it, it intermixes and so the band's just going to stay up here. They're going to start us off with a song, but before they do, I'd like to pray. So Father, we, th we thank you for today. Hey, Merry Christmas, Lord. We love you. We're so thankful for you. We're so thankful, even with the craziness of the weather the past few days, and I know people have, are stuck at home and, and having traveling uh, issues and even without power, all of that to be said, Lord, uh, we're really grateful for where we get to live, um, for the place that we get to call home and for our church home. And uh, we're so thankful to gather together tonight simply to uh, celebrate you. So would you be with us? You came to earth to be with us, and now you are with us in spirit by your Holy Spirit. So we pray that you would be blessed by our time tonight and that you would be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. When we think of Christmas, so many things come to mind. Uh, time with family and friends, the giving and the receiving of presents. Anybody open any presents today? Christmas Eve, people? Just, the, just us? <laughs> We're done. I didn't wear any of my new stuff. A couple of weeks with no school, always fun. Hopefully some good snow, some good food, and some good parties. And while all of these things are awesome, Christmas is actually much more simple. So here at the bridge, we've had an intentional few weeks of just trying to slow down in the busyness of this season and remember and celebrate a birth. Tonight's a birthday party. It's about making a, just like any birthday party, we want to make a big deal about someone because we love him. He is our focus. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to revisit and rejoice in the birth of a child, the birth of a friend, the birth of a king, the birth of a savior. Let's celebrate the birth of Jesus.
seated. Well, the story of Christmas, it began a long time before the manger and the nativity scene. Actually, about 750 years before, God made a promise. God made a promise uh, through a young man named Isaiah. You can read about it in Isaiah chapters 7 and 9. But he spoke through Isaiah to the nation of Israel. They were a destitute people that had been overrun by a foreign empire and uh, were living under the oppression of, of foreign rule. And they were wondering, God, when is life going to get better? Is it always going to be like this? You said that you would always be with us. And he made a promise through Isaiah, and it says this, Therefore the Lord, speaking to Isaiah, the prophet, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, a miracle. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. For a, this, for a child is born to us, and a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. He'll make things right. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. It says, God of the angel armies makes this promise. God gives a promise to Isaiah. If you, if you listen closely, it's actually a, it's a gift, he says. A child is born to us. A son is given. He's like, the, here's the sign. I'm going to give you a present. And it's a two-part gift. First part is it's going to be a person. A miraculous person will come. Not just any person. Not just a holy man or a moral teacher or um, someone like that. But actually, he says, Emmanuel, which means God with us. God himself will come to earth, take on a body like you and I have, and he will walk this earth with us. So many people say, yeah, Jesus was cool. He was a good teacher and all of those things, but he was so much more. God's presence with humanity. This is where, um, where we say the person Jesus came from God and not from man. That's why when you read the Christmas story and it says virgin, like way more than people want the Christmas story to say, it's the point is because God would come from, Jesus would come from God and not from humans. So a miraculous person, the second, second part to this gift is he would have a master plan. A miraculous person with a master plan. The person would come from God and would be a gift for all people. I don't know if you caught that, but he says a king that would rule perfectly forever. Bring justice to the oppressed, not just for one nation, not just for one country, not just for uh, a certain group of people, but for all people. A savior that would 
pay the price for what sin has caused in the human condition and literally usher in a kingdom of peace. Then it says he would bring light to a dark world. He would come not just through a nation, but he would come through a family. Not just through a family, he would come through a person. So who was this highly favored person? Who would be given this honor? Then you fast forward 750 years, 749-ish years from when Isaiah gave the prophecy. And we pick up in Luke chapter 1, and it says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee, like Whatcom County, Re, uh, region to a city or a town named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the young girl's name was Mary and he came and said to her greetings O favored one the Lord is with you but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to understand what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the, th and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, he will come through the lineage of David as it was foretold. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, the nation of Israel. And to his kingdom, there would be no end. He'll be different than any king that's gone before him. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and the power of the Most High will come upon you. Therefore, the child who to be born will called holy, the son of God. Then Gabriel says, and behold, your cousin Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. See, the promise was to a nation, to a people group, to the world, but it was also to an individual. This young gal named Mary. She was a simple girl from a simple town. She was not a queen who lived in a castle. But because of her faith, she found favor with God. She was engaged to be married to a man that she loved very much named Joseph. And so after the news from the angel, she did what the angel suggested. She went and saw her cousin Elizabeth. And she stayed with her for three months. And after about three months, when it was no longer to keep this supernatural pregnancy under wraps, trying to figure out how she was going to move forward with here, from here, she went back and broke the news to Joseph. Joseph. Imagine the heartbreak he felt. 
So much so that he decided that divorce was the proper course of action. But he loved Mary. Not like he had been down this path before, so he was trying to figure out, how do I do this? But he didn't want to be a reactionary man. He wanted to have a good response. And so it says that he was thinking about these things, I'm sure heartbroken, by himself, needing space to think it through. And it says that as he was doing this, he decided that he would divorce her privately so he didn't bring humiliation upon her. But as he was considering, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And I want you, God wants you to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And so Joseph, believing God and being so in love with Mary, returned to her. They continued their engagement and their pregnancy living under the scrutiny of others in their small town with all of the gossip that would happen, the small town of Nazareth, wondering what their future would hold.
Now about that time, they were under rule from a different empire. Not the same one that Isaiah and the generation that followed experience. That was the Assyrian and the Babylonian Empire. They were gnarly. This empire was the Roman Empire. Maybe you've seen Aurelius Maximus. Um, but a long, long ways away from Nazareth was the capital of the Roman Empire, Rome, as a matter of fact. And there was a new Caesar on the throne. And what would happen is when you became, when the new Caesar took over, you would want to know how big and how bad your kingdom is. So you would send out all your soldiers, the ones that could count, and you would take what is called a census so you could see how big your kingdom is, how big of territory you ruled. Now this took place while Mary and Joseph were living in Nazareth. So word went out, and here's how they did it. It said that wherever your lineage is from, so your hometown, I met Stephanie in Colorado, but she is a Skagit Valley girl. So she imported me, brought me back. But this is where she is from. So wherever it is that you are from, you would go back there and you would be counted. Well, David just, or, uh, Joseph just so happened to be from a place called Bethlehem. Now, this is the place that was said that this baby was going to be born. But, and it was also where David, where the prophecy said from the line of David. So it just so happened. So imagine if Joseph would have gone through with the divorce and, and he didn't trust the Lord. Wouldn't have been from Bethlehem or the lineage of David. So his obedience brought him right into the will of God, which is a cool thing. So all the people returned to the town where their ancestors were from. So that's where uh, they went. It was an 80-mile journey south. 80 miles on horseback. They had a donkey, I believe, and were walking. It took a little while. And it probably wasn't the most comfortable journey being pregnant. Actually, Nazareth was even, a, or Bethlehem was even a smaller place than Nazareth. And, and the Bible tells us when they got there, it was packed. There was no, no place to stay. There was no uh, hotels back then. Um, no, like, VRBO, you know, like, stuff. There was friend's house, friend of friend's house, someone that you might know. Maybe a small inn. We know there was a small inn because it says there, we know that there was no, no room for them there. Uh, possibly some of the, the judgment they experienced back home had followed them, how small town life uh, and the rumor mill and things seemed to travel. All of that being said, when they got to town, they were cold, tired, hungry, and they didn't have a place to stay. So they did what they could. I can't help but put myself in Joseph's shoes, especially this time of year, dads. I know for me, you want to do a good job all year long providing for your family and, and when times are hard and you're, and you're doing the best you can and you wish you could provide more or do better, imagine how he felt. They get to this place, his wife is pregnant, they're traveling and he can't even like find him a good meal or a place to stay. I'm sure he was feeling 
like a failure. And uh, it was probably not like a super joyous day. But being the team that they are, they, they are like, well, let's do, let's make the most of it as, uh, as any good marriage does. So they did what they could. They found the warmest, driest place possible. Maybe someone said, you don't have any room for the house, but there's some room out in the barn. And uh, this was not like an Instagram type of barn. This was like a working barn. A stable or a lean-to shelter may be attached to someone's home or cut out of the rock. So feeling tired and rejected, they just tried to make the best of it. That's what trips me out, because in that stable, on that night, from that girl, under those circumstances, God delivered the promise that he had promised hundreds of years before. And he added this. He says, but you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the villages of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. So Jesus was born. We're told that Mary and Joseph wrapped him in strips of cloth, and they laid him in a, in a feeding trough. Jesus' first bed on earth, the promised one, was the lowliest bed possible. It wasn't even made for people. It was uh, made for animals to eat from. And then I just imagine Mary and Joseph sitting there and looking at this miraculous child who was so helpless. This is the one that would do all this stuff. But he's so helpless and just laying there. And they probably just imagined, what's, it, what's he going to be like? This is the one that would be the light to the darkness. The light that had come into the world that would bring light to all people started out as a candle in the barn. I always think about Christmas is um, celebrating the light of life, but Jesus was given in candle form. So I found the cheapest candle I could find. You want to do super sweet ones for Jesus, but the simplicity of it was it was the simplest circumstances that any family or any baby had ever been, and and that is the light. This is the one that would bring salvation. This is the one that would bring peace. This is the gift of God's Son, Jesus, the promise of God with us.
think that's my favorite song, just period. Well, while the earthly circumstances were about as humble as they could be, I think sometimes we forget that what was happening in heaven was uh, the exact opposite of our, our picture in the, the barn. It says that the, the heavens erupted in celebration. God the Father, on the night that God the Son was born, placed a star in the sky like a spotlight over this, this manger. And even though Jesus was born in a barn with no one around, God wasted no time letting the world know what had taken place. People both near and far, and one of my personal favorite things about, well, Jesus, but the intentionality of God behind Christmas is when you look at the people that were told to come and check it out first. It wasn't royalty. It was people that, that uh, were, well, both near and people that were far. The first people we are told about were some shepherds in a field. Now, if you know anything about shepherds in first century Judaism, they weren't invited to all the parties. They were sort of left off of all the invitation lists. They might have been the crazy uncle in your family who had a weird job and drank a little too much, and that was the shepherd in the family. They weren't, they weren't the most respected people in town, but they're the very first people that God said, you let them know. They were unimportant to society, but of the utmost importance to God. In Luke chapter 2, it says, That night, the night Jesus was born, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. It says they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. For I bring to you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. I'm glad he gave him directions because that's all he gives. So they must have cruised through town looking in barns. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. That, that word there means like innumerable. Heaven was throwing a party. And he was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. He glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened with which the Lord has told us about. 
they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened out in the field and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. It says, but Mary kept silent. It said she stored these words in her heart as a, as a treasure. And it, and it says that she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flock, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, for it was just as the angel had told them. They were near. There were people from far away, too. We're told about a group of wise men from the east, um, probably from the Babylonian region. When you trace back that word wise men, magi, it comes from like uh, people who would be seers for other keys, kings and kingdoms. These men were specifically astrologers. They weren't Christians, you know what I mean? They weren't following the God of the Old Testament. They were looking to the stars, and, and um, that's how they would predict try to predict future or give counsel to kings. So God met, they couldn't have been more far away from meeting Jesus, but he met them in their own language and in a way that they would understood, but drew them to a person. God meets people from all sorts of backgrounds, with all sorts of upbringings and different culture, and he's not trying to take someone's culture and make it another culture. He's always trying to Use what we know to draw us to his son. That's what Christmas is about. And it tells us that it took these men, we don't know how many of them there were, it could have been a, a lot. So you have three at the nativity scene, so that's close enough. Could have been 300. But they traveled for months, possibly a year or more. When they got to where Jesus was, he wasn't a baby in a manger anymore. They were still living in Bethlehem, but it, it says that they, they went through Jerusalem. Because when you're from a foreign um, place, where do you go visit a king? In a castle, in the capital city. So they go to Jerusalem, and the king who was on the throne was like, they were like, where's the new king that's been born? We come to worship him. And the king that was there, was Herod was his name. He's like, what new king? I don't know about any new king. He was, a, he was an insecure man. He had been known to take the lives even of his family members when he felt that his rule was in jeopardy or that his throne um, could be taken or he could lose it. And so he calls some, some priests in and says, is there a king that was born? Grab, the, grab the, the scrolls. You know, they didn't have a Bible where they pulled out the scrolls. And they're like, yeah, it says right here, Isaiah prophesied. Micah prophesied. It says that the one that, that would be the light to the dark world, and they have those same scriptures, you know, that we just read. So it says he will be born in Bethlehem. And so Herod tells the wise men, well, he's not here. Go to Bethlehem and find him, and when you find him, come back and tell me so I can come worship him too. 
with no intention of worshiping this child who would become king, he sent them on their way. And so they continued the journey. And when they left Jerusalem, it says that the star that they had been following all those nights, traveling by stars, and they would see it, and it was their new north star. It was the star that led them, not to a direction, but to a person. They left Jerusalem, and they looked, and the star was there again. And they were so excited, and they followed it. And somehow, by God's grace and by his just godness, led them to this town. Not just to this town, but to this place where there's this child. And they opened the door, and they probably dressed way different. And there was all of these people, and there's just this simple little family, and it's like a knock at the door. And they open it up, and these, these men who could have been mistaken for kings came in, and they fell to their knees, and they, they paid homage to this child, and they brought gold, which the family was pumped because they were broke. And this was going to fund their journey their, where they were going to go next and gave them incense some essential oils and um, worshipped him. took them forever to get there. They were, couldn't have been more far away. See, Jesus came to be king to all people. He came to save all people. He came to serve all people. He showed us this by coming to earth to be with us to show us what God is like. Jesus is God in human form. When you read the Bible and you see the things that Jesus said, and not just the things he said, but the way Jesus lived, the way he talked to a single mother, the way he talked to someone who was actually caught breaking the law, the way he talked to someone who had a, um, an infectious disease and was physically dying, the way he talked to self-righteous uh, people that were supposed to be representing him, but were turning people away because when Jesus talks, God is talking. He wasn't just another king that had come into the world. He was the king that had come into the world. He would be able to relate to all people from a small town girl who gave birth in a barn to lowly shepherds in a field to the wealthiest king in a palace and to any person from the most distant lands with different upbringings. He would be a king and friend to all. He would be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, and our prince of peace.
You guys can be seated. Last section. Can't, can't let you go without saying this part. You know the cool thing about Christmas with Jesus? It actually doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice. It doesn't matter if you live in a castle. And you know, I get the, the honor and the privilege of pastoring this church and, and we are walking this crazy life together, being led by Jesus and to Jesus, but you couldn't have a more diverse group of people in a city than the people that are represented in this church. And uh, I think that that's a huge blessing from God. And um, it doesn't matter if uh, you leave here tonight and your whole family is in town, multi-generations, and you get to go have a meal together. I'm so happy for you. I hope you have such a good night and Christmas. But it actually doesn't matter if you go back and you're staying at a shelter tonight either and you're estranged from your family. See, the being with Jesus, the gift that was promised the master plan, the miraculous person. It's not based on if you are good or bad. It's based on how good God is. That's what being a Christian or a follower of Jesus is about. So it doesn't matter if you are from a, you live in a castle or you don't even have a home of your own. It doesn't matter if you're from a certain family or country. It doesn't matter if you have a lot to give to the people you love this Christmas. And it doesn't matter if you have nothing to bring but the clothes on your back. Because tonight we are gathered to remember that there is good news that can be great joy to all people, including you. There's a gift with your name on it. There is someone who knows you inside and out. And he chose to be Become human, live a life that no one could live, and then die a death that he didn't deserve so that he could call us by name and we could respond. There is someone who knows you front to back, who loves you immensely, who has you in his heart and in the forefront of his mind every day, and his name is Jesus. So tonight we take our place and the many generations that have gone before us and those that will come after us until the Lord returns. And we simply are a people gathered around a baby at his birth. So whatever your holiday tradition, we have some in our house. One includes opening your gifts on Christmas Eve because we usually snowboard on Christmas Day, but uh, the weather is horrible outside. The weather outside is... Oh, Amen to that. <laughs> but whatever your tradition is, maybe you could start a new one this year. We put a bunch of these little candles out on that front table right before you leave. And so whether you're sitting around the table playing Cards Against Humanity tonight with your family, or you're sitting around a table with some people that you don't know very well, you could simply take out a candle and remember that the light that came into the world to expel all darkness, celebrating Christmas is, is about remembering that God gave this light 
in candle form. That's Christmas. So place it in the middle of your dinner, in the middle of your living room, or in the middle of your world, and remember God's love for you and his love for people. The light of the world given in candle form. I love you guys. Could we stand for this last song? We're going to rock out a little bit, and then I'll come up and dismiss us.
I feel a Christmas album coming. <laughs> 2024. Watch out. Hey, um, may God give you peace. May your evening uh, be filled with joy. And uh, Merry Christmas to you all. And uh, have a good night. And that's all we have. So go in peace. Love you guys.